Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. And welcome to the Family Features Podcast. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today I have a special guest with me, Veronica Williams, and I look forward to our conversation today. So, Veronica, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dr. G. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing about what you do and the ministry you created and, and some of your story as well. So tell us a little about yourself. Well, I am I'm, I'm a wife, a mother, and um, a licensed minister, as well as a master certified life coach. I am living in the DMV, which is the um, um, DC, Washington metropolitan area. Um, I'm originally from Compton, California. Um, That's a big move. Yes, yes. Um, I moved here 23 years ago um, as a result of marrying my husband who was um, in the military. He's now Mm -hmm. retired. And we um, just remained here on the East Coast. And you said the D, what did you call the DC area? We call it the DC metropolitan um, Virginia um, area. And it is because everything is so close. You have uh, Washington, DC, you have Virginia, and you also have Baltimore. So they're all within an hour away from each other. Neat. 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 And so tell tell me how you got into ministry and work. Oh, well, I uh, got into ministry from when I was a young, a young, a young child, because my parents um, raised us um, in a Christian faith. And we, and I just began to continue that life all throughout my young adult life, my, my adult life. Um, As a result, uh, when I connected with my husband, we both were doing youth ministry and um, now that we're a little older, it has transitioned into um, couples ministry, pretty much, where we're actually doing coaching um, to couples that might have um, hiccups, but most importantly to couples that are getting engaged or want to consider engage, uh, engagement. And we talk with them about preparing for marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in this uh, for a while. As a result, I am also a licensed ministry, a licensed minister. So ministry is my life. Um, Anybody I meet, there's always an opportunity um, for me to kind of help them. Um, Don't have to be um, of any faith. Um, You know, although our organization is faith-based, we also work with those that are not Mm faith-based. According to um, not to scare them away, but to be able to let them know um, how their life can still um, thrive in marriage. What's the name of your organization? Our organization is Alliance Seminars Coaching. As I said, Alliance. it is a Alliance uh-huh, Seminars Coaching. And as I said, it is a veteran-owned faith-based organization. 
um, that provides clients with coaching services, motivational speaking, and certified workshops. Wonderful. So um, you said veteran-owned, that's yes. referring to you and your husband as well. Yes, it's referring. It's yeah. a, I am in business with my husband. Nice. So um, you guys work together with couples? We work together with couples. Yeah, um, I love that. Yes, yes, we do it together. And there are some times when um, we're in a session and we may have to break out where I would take the wife and he would take the husband, Neat. bring them back together, especially when there's um, some hiccups involved and mm-hmm. you want to get, you know, try to have some strategies and tools um, for yeah. them. What kind of hiccups do you enjoy working with? They're not ever fun, I know, but <laughs> you find yourself really, you love seeing the results from working with what? You know, a lot of it is miscommunication. Um, a lot of the couples have miscommunication, not being heard or understood. And in some cases, um, one spouse may not have their voice valued. Um, I think that would be it, along with um, helping them identify some of their um, their concerns or issues. Um, it doesn't always um, turn out to be the other spouse, but a lot of times it's something that we have to do individually. And so getting the other person to see where they might need to make some adjustments in their life, not so much um, the other person, but seeing themselves through um, um, unrealistic expectations that they have on the others, but putting it realistic and seeing what role they play in it as well. Yes, I love that. I was telling a class today, it's kind of like holding up the mirror and I reflect back to them. And it's like, oh, wow, it changes everything when I see how I'm behaving or how I'm seeing things. So yes, it's wonderful. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We also, for seven years uh, pre-COVID, we taught a couples Bible study with our church, um, every a weekly Bible study, and we use various Christian authors um, on helping couples um, navigate through their marriage. And one of, the, and I am like a person that gives out trinkets, right? So, um, in one of our sessions, I gave everyone. Um, I gave all of the women a mirror and for them to share with their husbands. But I also gave the husbands flashlights. The mirror was that before you began to blame someone, look at yourself. And for the husband, that he is to let his light shine as the head of the household, you know, and to be a great leader. And so that flashlight was to help him remember, am I really... Is my light so shining that my wife will respect me or love me and honor me in the way that I want her to? Yeah. So it's really some good, good little trinkets to give out as reminders. I love that so much. I know I've noticed so much of young people today, they don't seem to see or understand and they even reject any idea of marriage being the husband having any almost any responsibility over the marriage it's we're equal and you kind of you do your thing I do my thing it kind of scares me the way that we're trying to we're treating marriage so flippantly 
And, and that's one reason why we do the premarital counseling or premarital coaching. And we're the representatives at our church for them. In addition to it, we do it outside of our church because that is also our business. Um, it's important to share with young couples and even some of the older people that are older and it's a first marriage for them and maybe a second mm -hmm. marriage for the other spouse, just allowing them to identify what their role is. Um, understanding what your role is as a husband and your role as a wife and how we meet each other needs and how um, teaching them or set, showing them some tools and strategies as to setting goals for your marriage. I mean, we set mm -hmm. goals for um, our careers, our education, yeah. <laughs> um, all of our whole life, right? But when we began to get married, we don't communicate with each other to discuss what our goals are for um, our marriage. And so um, it's so important to stress to even young people and those that are getting married that what do you want your marriage to look like? Because not yep. everyone came from a marriage that looks perfect, right? Right. And, and so I would always let them know that there's no perfect marriage, but there are marriages that are healthy. And yes. when you learn when we learn to um, not just take in what we saw, but decide who we're marrying and who mm -hmm. they are, building a uh, foundation from the ground up not and, and forgetting all of those, uh, I call it excess baggage, <laughs> which is from our own families and friends yeah. and relatives that may not have had healthy marriages. And we begin to take that in imagining because from a, from when we were young that's all we saw but not right. realizing that it takes communication and understanding to say what do you want in this marriage you know first of all why are we saying um i do because we love each other but what do we want our marriage to look like you know and just talking about the history of your life um what was going on in your life about you know what's your idea of what a marriage looks like this is what happened in my family and also teaching them what real love is um because sometimes it's so superficial when people say i love you oh it so is so and true it, <laughs> and it gives people insecurity because then they're wondering oh does he really love me should i really say you know i already said yes if you're not secure as, as to identifying the definition for what you two identify love mm -hmm. to be, then um, that's a red flag. That's time to take a pause and talk about it before you even try to get married because going into a marriage with all these different types of uh, red flags without working on them doesn't mean that just because we say I do, that those red flags will go away. Yeah, it's not about not having red flags necessarily, as in being perfect. It's when I see the red flags, having the skills to manage the change or manage the growth that's needed. Yeah, when a couple's come in to see me, and I've been a counselor for you know 21 years, it, it's sad to me because it's like it's almost like it just happened. We all of a sudden ended up in this bad space. And it's like, no, you've got 20, 30 years of of growing this very unhealthy existence um, and undoing that's hard it's really difficult to undo because we're entrenched in our ways and mm -hmm. one of the things that my husband and i talk about is we have to when you go into marriage uh, marriage allows you to be vulnerable mm -hmm. 
And a part of being vulnerable is that you have to divorce yourself. And that uh -huh. is divorce all those selfish attributes that you carry along <laughs> um, oh, and allowing um, and, and taking it from there to develop um, a healthy marriage where you, um, you know, you learn to uh, respect and, um, and, and really demonstrate what real love is based on you all, on the couple communicating. Mm -hmm. Well, and the true love piece in our culture is I'll do my thing and you do your thing. True love is I surrender myself. I give up my thing for you. I give up myself for you. I put myself second to you. And that's so, it's getting more and more countercultural. It which, sure is. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and even with that, I, when you begin to focus on how can I meet the needs of my spouse, you mm -hmm. don't even have to worry about yours because that person is going to give you the respect and the honor that you want. And they're going to be working on that, on work, taking care of your needs. Um, it's so often, you know, we do get in. I mean, I've talked to so many people where they, they have told me, and this is what broke my heart is, um, I'm married, but I'm living single. And it comes yeah. under the premise what you're talking about in terms of I do my thing, you do your thing. Well, is that really what a marriage looks like? We might as well just stay single, right? <laughs> you know, so. what is our what is our purpose for getting married? And what do we, what attributes do you have that can go along with my attributes? And we can really be a dynamite couple, correct? So um, trying to talk to people like that uh, and just being real with them, um, you know, I think a lot of the women think that I'm going to brown bag the, the man and, you know, they and then they, the men think my husband's going to get on the woman. But it's really about both of them learning about themselves individually. Right. A lot of people do get married prematurely not understanding who they are yes, and then exactly. <laughs> and then trying to get in a marriage and make that person be who you want them to be you know right. so it, it doesn't work yeah. like that no and in in any relationship it's that iron sharpens iron it's that growing as a person in marriage it's it's that on steroids it's a very heightened which means we can love well and we also can really get hurt well yeah. Um, yeah. What do you do when what do you do when you're you're serving your spouse and you're giving yourself and you're you're sacrificing yourself, but they're not giving it that back? Well, the um the Bible speaks of um even like if you are a um a saved woman and your husband is unsaved, you know, it tells you to don't beat them about about the word, but you just continue to show love and demonstrate it. Yeah. Eventually he has come, he will come along. And to be honest, I've met several couples like that. They did, they started out, he wasn't going to church, but she was, but she was a praying woman. And eventually you couldn't tell that he never went to church now that you yeah. see them at 35, 38 years in their marriage. I but I think it's, it's how we witness to one another 
And it's how we demonstrate who Christ, for us, who Christ is in your life. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, some people have to hit the Damascus road. They have to hit rock bottom um, mm -hmm. in order to realize that they need a savior or to realize that they need help out of whatever habit or addiction that they have. Um, but we don't always have to go that route if we just kind of recognize it in the beginning. I wish more would choose not to go that route. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, so wouldn't life be so much painful. easier not to have all yeah. those hiccups or those um, hard, hard knocks? Yeah. Uh, school like, of hard my knocks. Enemy, yeah, my worst enemy is me. And so learning that I'm the one that gets in the way of me having what I actually say I want it's not someone else. It's me. As in, as you have said multiple times, it comes back to each person growing separately. I love that. Yeah, growing two... separately. When I, I mentioned to my to couples I talk to that there's three people in the marriage and not the triangle with God and him and her, but the idea that there's him, there's her, and there's an us. And that us needs tending to. You yes. need to date, you need to pursue, you need to, yeah. to learn each other's likes and dislikes, and but you're also two separate people. And so all, all three of those need the tending to uh, exactly. when things are bad. And, really. Right, oh. and, and love and the relationship take sacrifice. You know, because what am I willing to let go of so that this person can, I can be the best person that I want to be? It's about being the best you. Um, a lot of times <laughs> couples meet each other and they're just, um, it's their representative. Mm -hmm. And then when they get married, um, you know, uh, someone say, well, he changed or she changed. Did she yeah. really change? <laughs> yeah. That was just something you didn't see because right. the other person says, I've been like this my whole time because we yeah. never saw the selfishness in it because we were focused on something else that took us away from that. Mm -hmm. when the thing about you said a minute ago the idea of the be all that you can be that's counter to dying to self yeah. unless you uh, look at your theology a little more in depth there we kind of want our cake and eat it too we think that being all that i can be means i can act however i want to act and do whatever i want to do and it's like no part of what god's doing is pruning us he's shaving off stuff that doesn't need to be Heart and so dying to certain things actually is me growing into the beauty of that God wants me to be as a husband, as a wife, as a every hat I put on. It's a lot of pruning. We don't see marriage as a place that prunes, but it is. It very much reveals some of the nasty stuff that needs dealing with, like our selfishness. Yeah, we want the end result, but we don't want to do the work. You know, it takes work. And, but I would say uh, we don't even know what our, the end result we want, I think, is garbage compared to what God unrealistic. wants. It's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. But yeah. I think what God does do, though, when he brings two people together and there mm -hmm. are challenges, is like you said, it's him pruning them to become one. And yep. if, un if people understand that concept of, you know, what I'm doing, what we're doing already is not working. You know, so yeah. let you know you keep going at it, and, and you're still coming through these um, war zones, or you mm -hmm. know, conflicts and um, um, but it takes more than that. It takes like, okay, so what you know, if it, if you're a Christian, it's like, what is God trying to show us? He's trying to develop both of us into one. Mm 
But it's not so much develop you into one um, as much as becoming one as in a single number one. It's that us you talk about, but most importantly is our faith is at a challenge when we meet someone else. And that is we want to be happy, but, uh, but we're being challenged to be holy. You know, yeah. you, so that's the thing is like, do you really want to live a life of holiness, of faithfulness, mm -hmm. of non, you know, any, anything that does not look like Christ um, in the image mm -hmm. that he's created us. Um, so, and that, is there and lies a, a lot of the issues. People don't want to be holy. I mean, they want to be holy, but they cannot be holy because it's just that thing within them that whatever tempts them, that habit, you know, yep. the selfishness of not wanting to get rid of what isn't working in our marriage. And that's really what it is. It takes communicating and saying, you know what, this isn't working. Let's do without this, but what can we put in place of it? Because really when we come to Christ, a lot of people don't want to uh, accept him because they feel like they got to give up so much. But what they don't realize, you're giving up. So it's not really giving up anything. It's really, like you say, it's surrendering your will um, to his will. And something greater. When we, something greater. And when we walk in um, and anchor our marriages with him being in the center, um, it helps to guide us to um, realizing that our marriage is ministry. It's our first ministry yeah. because we can't really live out a Christian life when we're married if we're first not taking care of our home and if we're mm -hmm. first not doing what God asked us to do as husbands and wives and that was for our husbands to uh, love their wives as Christ loved the church and for yes. women it was for them to um to submit to them. But when you think about the word, the word love, I just say um, replace it with the word respect. Mm -hmm. And then for submit, you know, respect, re replace that with the word respect. Um, you know, it's all about respecting one another. And um, you can even remove those words and you can just replace it with love because that's really what marriage is all about us loving and respecting one another to build a marriage that will thrive and become who Christ wants us to be because we're not in it individual. We do have things that we have to accomplish individually, but collectively our marriage represents him as a witness um, as to what you can do, even through the hardships and even through the challenges. It doesn't mean divorce. It just means that we got to work a little harder to get our marriage on track, that we can learn to live harmoniously with each other by mutually loving and mutually respecting one another. Love it, love it, love it. Yes, yes. So what would you say to people right now where this past two years has challenged their marriage to the breaking point? They, This has been a crazy couple of years here. We're a year and a half, a year and three quarters now. We're, we're, we're done. Like it's so, it's been too much, too much stress, too much unknown, too much change. What would be some of your direction to them? Well, some of the things that I told people is that when the pandemic hit, if you had unresolved issues, 
prior to the pandemic. And then you had to go home and live together 24 oh, seven yes. so because true. work was your reprieve, right? Yes, it um, was. <laughs> <laughs> so it was annoying. a challenge for couples to learn how to uh, resolve the true issues that were there. Also, it took you to just really communicating, spending time with one another. Like you say, planning um, um, spontaneous dates. Um, learning and then reflecting on why did you get married anyway and why did you first love this person what was it about this person that you love that you so much despise right now Um, and talking about it and being vulnerable not wearing your feelings on your sleeve and just having some real not surface talk because that's what happens in relationships um, as they build as you're dating it's more surface talk than it is deep, realistic talk, heart. reality talk. Heart, yeah. Heart to heart, sincerity, mm-hmm. honesty, and learning to know that this person who I marry should be my best friend. You know, Love there should that. be no I mean, secret. Foundation. Exactly. It should be that's no secret. I had some best friends as a girl, you know, when I was single, as a female, as a guy, my homeboy, my buddy, you know, whatever. Um, Now that should transition into your wife. It doesn't abandon your friendships. It's just saying that now I'm imparting all my in-depth things about me Mm -hmm. into this person to know who I am, how I think, what way I am, and to realize that I am not the enemy. I'm not sleeping with the enemy. I'm not married to the enemy, (laughs) right? Because people feel like that, right? Yes, they do. And then the other thing I would say to couples is seek out marital counseling through marriage counselors, that if there's some unresolved issues from your past that are so deep that you can't live with today, you need to go and get marriage counseling, get to the professionals that can now, for what we do as coaches is we let, we work with you from today on. A little bit of the past, but we can't go as deep as licensed marriage counselors. But if you're just having, if this is just a, a new issue that just came about and it has some residuals to the past, well, what will it take for you to move on? What can you do more of? Um, That's a great How does it make you feel? Go ahead. Yeah, the great distinction you just made between coaching and counseling, you got stuff to resolve from the past, you're probably better to go to someone who's a a licensed counselor, but current moving forward, it's a great thing to partner with a coach, um, someone that actually can walk alongside you going forward, so that's a good distinction. And that's one thing that we do at our church for the pre-engage, for the couples Mm -hmm. that are engaged and then they get married because we've done several of those. We do them a lot every year. We have somebody, but um, what we've managed to do is we connect. We we've married about. We've done about. We've done so many counseling sessions. But what we do with our premarital couples, and once they get married, we connect them to a a couple that has been married some years, which we call them mentor couples. Yes. They have some wisdom and they have some similar issues that they've learned to resolve over the years as this couple may encounter. 
such as um, an example of that is um, blended families, you know, getting with someone else. How did it work for you? What did you have to work through to that, you know, um, and, and work with them throughout that whole year. And what we found out is they become really good friends. And those are couples that <laughs> when you can't communicate with your spouse, you can go to that person yep. and that husband and wife can draw you two together to talk about it and not run away from it. And to and say, that's a different know, level. So you've talked about co- counseling is mm-hmm. one level. Coaches is another level, but mentor couples is another level. Yes, and we, it takes We that. need all of those. We need all you, those. It just like it says, there's a. It takes a village to raise a uh, <laughs> raise up our children. It takes yeah. a village to thrive in marriage, and it, it takes other couples that see other couples going through and having a hard time to realize and say, you know what, we were just like that, but we're not like that now. Let's try to ask that couple out for dinner or invite them to our home and just have mm-hmm. some conversation with them so that they can realize that they're not in this all by themselves. And yes. so that's what it, that's what it takes. It well, takes that's the body of Christ. A, that's the body of Christ, and just how you move it in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, old school was my parents. You know, you 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 get married, you keep it in the house, you don't tell anybody, right? But yeah. um, I realized that um, that doesn't always work because if you keep it to each other, you're not working. You're not working it out. Well, that's what I tell. I tell my premarital couples, you're going to have problems. I guarantee you will have problems. It's just a matter of who are you going to go talk to? And so when I tell them about like sexual problems, every couple is going to have struggles in their sex life. That's normal. Don't freak out. But if you go talk to someone and they're asking you details about your sex life, run. That's too too much information. Too much. No one needs to know their details. Nope. But if if they know what they're doing, someone like me, who's a sex licensed sex therapist, and then I can help you, but I'm not going to be asking details. Right. And, and, and so I can help you in a session or two. Usually, it's not um, as daunting as it seems. Mm-hmm. But same for other issues, communication issues. Some things need to go to a counselor. Others can go to a coach. Others, it'd be great to have a good mentor couple that you can talk through more casually. Right. And other issues that couples are are dealing with with stress issues. Yes. Insecurity. You know, I don't know, not being honest, not trusting that that person is really telling you the truth when you ask them a question. Um, And then when you talk about um, being you being a um, sex therapist, I think it's easy to just it's 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 helpful for couples to understand that um, how to distinguish between sex and intimacy. Yes, they're not the same. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Intimacy okay. leads to the sex, right? But it's really what we do outside of the bed and outside of that that leads to that, you know, that leads to the sex that makes it a happy, happy sex. Um, but what we have to realize is that God created sex for couples, not for, I'm not talking to singles about uh, right. fornication sex, right? Right. But when couples are having, uh, um, uh, sexual encounters and, and love making. Let's call it the real thing when yes, it's supposed like to that. be. <laughs> supposed to be love making. 
when you're connected with God, it glorifies him that you can make such wonderful lovemaking music together because you're one, you're in alignment with him. Yes. And two, you're in alignment with each other and you're in sync with the spirit of what God wants you two to have. Very well said. Love that. Because a lot of times when we don't deal with the intimacy and our love languages outside of the bed, we begin mm -hmm. to have a crowded bed. And then we wonder why, why, why won't my wife make love to me tonight? Or, yeah. You know, because you didn't realize and you didn't pay attention that there was something else in her needs that weren't being met before you got there. You may, maybe you didn't resolve an issue that she really wanted you to talk about and you just procrastinated about, you know, or blew her off. Um, yeah. You're not going to get her to, to be um, fun and, 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 and happy just because you're <laughs> yeah. in the same bed, right? So meeting those needs. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad you talk about that because I think that's one thing that couples have a um, preconceived um, notion or thought about is, and no one has ever told them about between a difference between intimacy and sex. And well, I and think I when couples say... understand that, they, they will, they will be better off and thrive. Yes, and even just the word sex, most people say sex, they actually mean intercourse. Exactly. And sex is also much larger than just that one part of the whole. Yeah. And so we've turned sex, kind of the whole thing into something that we just do. Yes. Like we're animals. No, we are two people in a relationship in called a relationship. marriage. Mm -hmm. and, and, and go ahead. No, go ahead, finish. Well, it, it, it demands, it commands the relation, a relationship. It's not something two people or two random people are just doing that dishonors Christ. And that actually celebra is celebrated in hell, in a sense, to put it mildly. Right. Um, like we are made to bring sexual intimacy to people coming together, but it's relationship, not something you just do. Sex is now casual, now flippant, now disposable even. Oh, breaks the heart of God because that's not the design or the intention ever, ever, ever. And we also realize that, you know, our sex looks a little different when we're 60. Might be okay when you're 20 and 30, <laughs> but it gets a little different, you know. Yeah. Even in your 70s and 80s, we've had couples in our class that were in their 70s. And when they learned and discovered what we were talking about in our class, they mm -hmm. said, wow, this would have sure helped us 32 years oh. ago. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. I love hearing that. That's and, awesome. And so just letting them, you know, know that, you know, yeah. um, sometimes and, and it was so funny. I one of our um one of our couples, you know, they was like, Well, yeah, you know, we're getting a little up there now. He said something, she was like, Yeah, sometimes we have to make sure we take our socks off in the bed, you know. <laughs> and that, and when he rubs my foot, I know what that means. Or when I rub his foot, you know. So Nine. giving different little Signal. symbols because as you get old, as you know, we won't be 20. Mm -mm. forever but you find how to develop other ways when you get older um you know so there's a yeah. there's well, a whole lot of things I you can do <laughs> long i was married i wasn't married till later late 20s and like you even think of that stage of life and that was hard single and a lot of couples are struggling with the temptations and the pressure and the world telling them they should just enjoy whatever 
So to me, the biblical sexual ethic of God has a design, stop trying to mess it up, stop trying to do it your way, follow, follow his design and it will be, it'll, it will pay dividends, not yes. in sex. That's not how he pays the dividends, no. but in a life that's actually, you don't have to worry about unintended pregnancies. You don't have to worry about sexual transmitted diseases. You don't have to worry. you you mentioned earlier, this is your best friend. It yes. should be your best friend. Yes. And that's what it needs to be. Someone that you could trust with anything you do trust with your heart, your soul, your body, um, something much more. Uh, it's funny how we can even give our bodies. And we've divorced that from our brain. And with someone we don't even like anymore. And that's very revealing to me as to our culture and how much yes. restoring we need to take just teaching, but also practice. Exactly. You know, like you, I was in, well, in my, I was 30, I think I was 32 mm -hmm. when I got married. Okay. And so I'm a, um, I'm an older mom of three teenagers. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so I, you know, to some people, I probably look like I'm my kids' grandparents, right? <laughs> because oh. our friends were having grand, were having, um, grandchildren when mm -hmm. I was having children. So, because yeah. they started right out of high school. Yes. Um, so just allowing people to realize what a relationship is when you, when you wait, um, when yeah. you wait on the right person that God has for you. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is that when we talk about the crowded bed, that is when you have sex before marriage, you know, you're bringing in all these other people's personalities and things that they you learn with them. And um, and then that sometimes can be a hindrance to you comparing that person to the mate that God gives you. Um, and, and that sets up your honeymoon night as a disaster because yes. you haven't allowed that person to show you who or she who she is mm -hmm. and how you can become vulnerable to one another versus going on these other I call, like I said other things that happen before marriage and that's what people don't realize that you're transitioning you when you're having sex before uh, marriage you're transitioning so many things into you that are not going to be healthy mm in your marriage. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, sad to see what people do and decisions made um, and how much that impacts them. I remember this one couple where she had lived with the guy for two years and he was a virgin and, you know, they were like, you know, I, I feel sad for what I've done. Oh, I'll never, ever, ever think about the guy that I was with before is what she actually said. And I remember looking at her and go, that's not true. Speak truth. The truth okay. is, is you're now bringing all of that baggage in and you're going to have to die to it one by one, little by little, as you give yourself to your husband. And yes, you did jip him in some way, but thank God for grace. Thank God, thank God, for, God for his mercy. Yeah. And you guys are going to now come together and restore and take back what was stolen in a sense by past mistakes, because mm -hmm. that's what God majors in, in restoring redemption. Yep. And what we do too, um, with our premarital couples, when that has happened and they're, they're, um, we tell them, even if they had already, um, um, engaged in sexual 
activities. Mm -hmm. And if they one has been married before and one maybe just, I don't want to say it like it was a sleaze bag type of thing, but slept around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that's being real, right? Yeah, um, we tell them for that 12, because we do uh, one year out from the marriage is what we like to do. Okay. And what we do is we tell them not to sleep together or not to get um, intimate in any way um, for that whole 12 years so that God can kind of restore oh, and, and, and consummate the marriage in the way that he desired it to be. Yeah. So basically not getting to know your person sexually or your, your, your fiance sexually before you actually say, I do. It's a lot of hard work, but you have to do it in your dating. Yeah. yeah, I've even seen couples who they've just kind of abstained from, they've been there, done that, and abstained for a month or two before the wedding, because it's not about the sexual, the sexual, that's easy, it's the yes. heart, it's, the it's heart. kind of resetting the heart, restoring the heart, I yeah. choose you, and here's my, here's my start date of we're married, now you are now mine, I'm yours, before we weren't, we were actually taking something that was not ours, Again, we've got a lot of cleaning up of our sexual ethic to do, which it sounds like you guys are doing an incredible job. And we um, and we rob we rob we're robbing each other's bodies because our bodies in the beginning are the temple of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost. Um, exactly. And so when we are not when we're putting all these impurities into our body, and we're yeah. trying and we're transmitting them over to someone else before it is holy, before it is, um, before God can consummate it and, and sanctify it to the degree that he wants it. We don't understand that. But when we can sit down and really talk about what it really means, because to be honest, you know, I, I remember hearing years ago, the birds and the bees. I waited <laughs> to hear about the birds and the bees. Well, I kept on waiting. I've never heard about the birds and the bees. Oh, God. <laughs> You know, and uh, when I was in middle school, our science class was having um, a sex education week mm -hmm. and your parents had to sign off on it. You know, mm -hmm. my mother did not sign off on it. She, it, you know, we were Christian family. She said, I don't care what all these other people, all these other parents did, but I do not want that particular, you know, I don't want the school to teach you that. I want you to learn right. it from how God wants you to have it, right? So I really felt left out, but in a way, I was happy that I did because um, I realized uh, the more I grew in my relationship with Christ is the more I began to trust him and lean on him for that. Uh, not to say that even in your young life, you get tempted because all your friends are having sex around you or maybe having babies and you're like not dating, <laughs> not dating no. and have nobody <laughs> that even want to have sex with you, right? <laughs> nobody oh, no. really want to no. sleep with you. <laughs> uh, but I think part of it is because people, um, and when I talked to guys that became a friend of mine or whatever, I was the kind of, kind of person that they say she's marriage material. Yes. You can't just yes, take yes, her yes, out yes, because yes. you're going to get caught up. You're going to have to marry her. <laughs> I love it. I love that. And so when I realized that, I was like, oh, well, great. And then I always you would say, um, if a mice can find a, a fine cheese, surely the, the man that God has for me can find me, you know, because yep. <laughs> mice are blind. They only go on sense of smell. <laughs> 
Yeah, my my wife and I met on an online dating service. So it's one of those so crazy. I would have put money that there was no way this is stupid. Yeah, we met through that called equallyyoked.com in Dallas, Texas. In Dallas, Texas. We we met face to face after a week of online exchange, and 10 months later, we got married. Wow. That was uh, was it equallyyoked.com? com exchange was that a christian-based um dating yes, service was i actually was working there at the time teaching dating and relationship classes and loving on people and it was very much a ministry for me not realizing that through that same thing i was going to find my wife of now 18 years and wow. it's just neat to see god god can work in anything he can, and uh, my brother-in-law met his wife on eHarmony so lots of other God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. And I love that because those are success stories. Mm -hmm. You know, those are success stories of what those types of dating services have done. Yes. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times I found that some of the women that were on these dating sites, the people weren't being truthful. Oh, it's scary. And it's very scary scary to date on an online service. So I'm so so happy then. The first time I met my wife in person, I chewed her out for giving me her address. <laughs> and you rightfully so. I always tell a couple, I tell my female friends mm-hmm. and not even, well, I was telling my friends back then. And I even tell yeah. young ladies today is don't date. Um, don't invite the person to your house on a first nope. date. Meet out. Yeah. Um, a big go to a center. public place <laughs> yes. and yes. don't go to the movies. Yeah, I hate the true. movies as a first date. I, you know, and and I'll tell you, I hate movie. I, I went out with a guy, and um, and I couldn't enjoy the movie because he's like, "Did you see that? Did you see that?" I'm like, "I see what you see," you know. Yeah. Was, so you learn right then that that's not somebody you want because he distracts you for your movie. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> From your movie. Yeah. So you learn different things, but I think going to dinner and being in a public mm-hmm. place and yep. allowing conversation to take place versus putting yourself in a situation that is going to be hard to get yourself out of. Well, and being clear about the expectations. We're not going to kiss. Clear. We're not going to make out. We're not going to touch. We're not going to do anything. There are That needs to be so clear. But yet today is exact opposite. Well, it's the second date. It's time for this. Oh, it's the fifth date. It's time for that. It's like, no. And boundaries. Yes. And when I was going, when I was in my dating season and years ago, um, it was known that if you were going out with somebody for three months, he was Mm -hmm. probably going to ask you to be his girlfriend or boyfriend. That's not true. I tell oh, people, no. don't put your things in numbers, <laughs> you know, well seek yeah. out God for that. But like you say, yes. how people have this plan, like my first date, no touching, and then the second date. But you have to be real. You have to be clear. And even if you're shy, because I was shy. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to continue to pray to ask God to show me what type of man he needed that could handle my shyness. But also, <laughs> but allow me also to get out of my shyness, you know. Yes. So I'm an introvert, but I'm also an extrovert. I love people. And I grew up in a very large family. I was mm-hmm. the youngest. 
but I still developed a matter of shyness as I got into middle school, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I had male friends. I talked with the guys and all of that, but I wasn't like the one, the one that they wanted to, to date, you know, um, back then they called it. Yeah, I was one to marry. I wasn't (laughs) one that was going to give up any goods ahead of time. You had to work really hard. That's right. And that was my husband and I, you know, my husband and I, we met, um, we met, well, we went to junior high and high school together. We met back up at our 10 year class reunion. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. I went single. I went single and I was with some friends. He came over to our table and we were talking and then he gave out his business card and then he (laughs) went on his merry way. But my two friends, one was married, but she was just a little different from what I knew married women to be. And then the mm-hmm. other one was single and didn't really have a dating life either. Um, they said, oh, he probably made those cards up just for the class reunion. I said, I don't think so. I was already defending my husband before I knew he was my husband. That's awesome. <laughs> and so we... Um, He always came to town and one particular time I couldn't meet with the group of friends. So he and I decided um, I was off on a particular day and I met up with him for lunch. We had such a great time talking. Then we began phone conversations. He was still in town. We went out. And um, one thing I did tell my husband, I said, well, you know, the thing about me is that you're going to have to do something that is totally different and and that is taboo you know you're gonna have to court me because for one for one he lived in on the east coast I lived on the west coast and when Mm -hmm. we were talking for many many hours um there was a particular day that he called me right back and I was like wow lord I just talked to him for several hours I'm not calling him back because you answer in threes I'm calling him back on Wednesday (laughs) You know, I'll call him back in threes because I need to be praying how you want me to answer this, right? And when I called him back, he was like, well, you know, I thought about what you said and I I want you to know that I really want to date you. You know, I'm really up for the task of what it's going to take for you to really know that I I really do want to get, I mean, I've got to know you, but I want to get to know you more. And we developed that, that from there and it blossomed into a relationship. And that's why I can say today, when I talk about um, being your husband should be your best friend, my husband is my best friend. I can talk to him about anything that I could talk to my best girlfriend about, Um, even in the hard times of our lives, you know. Um, But I think what is, and I think what being able to do that helped us to understand and get through some of the challenges that we had in our marriage. The most difficult times um, and seeing how each other truly were who they said they were as far as being believers in Christ Jesus and really relying on him. Because I think my husband really got to see me for who I really was uh, as far as trusting God in my life um, during the time that we had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. We not only had one miscarriage, we had two. But we got through it and but we didn't and and we didn't get through it by ourselves. We got through it with our friends and our family. Yes. And our faith is what led us. And sure enough, 
now I can say we have three children, but I did it with two births. I have a single son and then I have twins, a boy and a girl. So nice. God can bless and turn around any hardship, but you have to be able to uh, trust him and lean on him yeah. and know without a shadow of a doubt that he has your best interests. Um, and so that's pretty much a testimony that I have that I like oh, to share with people that go through. And even when you feel like you're in a marriage and there's no hope, but there is, when you trust God, he can turn it around. You know, I always say, you know, sometimes our mess or our misery, God can make it to be a miracle. We just have to yeah. stay there and work it out and see how God would turn it out, will work it out to be a miracle. I don't care what you're going through. Yes. When you trust God and you stay there he can't turn it around for you, but you got to believe it and know without a shadow of a doubt. And you have to have the heart to know that when you pray, that you're already trusting and believing that he is capable of doing it. Love it. Love that. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, it's been so great getting to know you, yes. hearing some of your stories and life and sharing a little bit with our, with our audience. Um, tell us more about your website. What's your website? Yes, our website is Alliance Seminars Coaching, um, as well as that's on Facebook that you can reach us there as okay. well. Okay, so people can reach out if they're looking for coaching for their marriages. Yep, through and Facebook. seminars and other, other seminars, resources. Seminars, workshops, and we also okay. not only do that, we also do leadership as well. So whatever okay. you meet your needs. But through Facebook, it would be Alliance Seminars Coaching. And our website is Alliance Seminars, that's all one word, dot org, O-R-G. Okay. okay. And those will be in the show notes if you need them and um, you can reach out to Veronica. What is your husband's name? His name is Darrell Williams. Darrell. So mm -hmm. Veronica and Darrell Williams. Wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time today yes. and for uh, just getting to know you. And um, I love it. Just love hearing your heart. Um, just such a joy. Yes, I enjoyed it with you too, Dr. G. I'm so happy we got to meet. Thank you. Um, well, thank you and talk to everybody soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.